You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. Today's episode being brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today is Thursday, April 29th, and I spent an hour watching Caden Perry film on Wednesday night, and I am absolutely all in on this kid. So we're going to talk about him uh, a little bit to start the show today. And we're also going to mention the coaching staff that Tommy Lloyd is going to take with him to Arizona and how that affects Gonzaga. And then the main portion of the episode today is going to be dedicated to the Zags in the NBA. Rui Hachimura went viral on Wednesday night for a poster dunk that he had over Anthony Davis. And I've wanted to talk about this for a little while. So it seems like a good time to talk about all things Zags in the NBA and how all of our NBA Zags are faring this season. And then we're going to wrap up the show with two more player reviews for Michaela Williams and Anna Verjogi. So before I go off and rave about Caden Perry, let's talk about who Tommy Lloyd is going to take with him to Arizona. First and foremost is Rambachmus, and that was rumored pretty much immediately once Tommy Lloyd got hired, and now it's official. Rem was a graduate assistant at Baylor the last couple of years, and obviously he capped it off of the national championship this season. And he is going to be the director of player development over in Tucson. Tommy Lloyd is also bringing with him two current Gonzaga staff members. The first is TJ Benson, who has a lot of ties to the Arizona area uh, with his time at Grand Canyon. So this makes a ton of sense. Uh, At Gonzaga, Benson was their scheduling guru, amongst many other things. I think his official title was coordinator of basketball administration. And his new title at Arizona is the special assistant to the head coach and recruiting coordinator. So best of luck to TJ Benson over there. And the other guy Tommy Lloyd took with him to Tucson is Ken Nakagawa, who becomes their new director of advanced scouting. Nakagawa was the video coordinator for Gonzaga in the last couple of seasons. And now with him and TJ Benson both gone, that leaves two open spots to be filled alongside a third assistant coach. It would not shock me to see Gary Bell Jr. elevated to the video coordinator position that uh, Nakagawa leaves behind if that's the path that they choose for him. And there's still really no word on who that a third assistant coach is going to be. And I'm not sure what kind of timeline we could be looking at for a uh, kind of before a decision is made there. But obviously Mark Few is very well connected and he's going to make the right choice for that program. Okay, now let me talk about Caden Perry, because with Chet Holmgren and Hunter Salas um, kind of being the main two recruits in this recruiting class, it feels like Caden Perry has kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, and I don't think that should be the case. High school basketball in the state of Washington is just getting underway, and it goes through the middle of June for some programs, and um, some of the high school stars in Washington that have Division I scholarships They may not even play for their high school, so they can go get ready for college instead, which is fine. Um, But Caden Perry is not one of those guys. He is playing for Battleground, and they've already had three games uh, so far in this regular season. 
In the opener, he put up 30 points. In their second game, he scored 32. And really what was an incredible game that went down to the wire. Uh, he had a shot that would have won the game. He had a tip in that just rolled out. Uh, but a really, really fun high school basketball game. And then uh, he put up 25 again on Tuesday night in their third game. Battlegrounds 2-1 and one on the season. And all of their games are actually on YouTube if you want to watch them. Uh, if you just search BGTV27. So BG as in Battleground. BGTV27. If you search that on YouTube, you'll be able to find full games uh, of Battleground. And you can watch some Caden Perry stuff. Um, and I watched some Caden Perry highlights a few weeks ago from his AAU circuit uh, when he played with the Rotary team, the same team as uh, Paulo Bencaro. And it looked like he developed a jump shot, which is definitely something he didn't have um, about a year, year and a half ago, the last time I watched him. And then I watched him play this season, uh, last week, in that 32-point game that I mentioned, and I was just thoroughly impressed by his game. I think the kid's going to play in the NBA. Uh, he has just unbelievable athleticism and verticality he makes alley oops look completely effortless i posted one of them on twitter uh last night and it honestly didn't even look like a pass that was going to be an alley oop and he just floated in like he was in midair for seemingly forever uh, and threw it down and his post moves are good um, he has that same spin move that brandon clark had uh, he has a really good strength inside and his efficiency at the rim to me, is what reminds me, and a lot of people, of Brandon Clark. That seems to be the comparison that everyone seems to make for him. And kind of based on his interior play, based on his bounciness, I think it's fair enough. Uh, but he also plays with just an incredible intensity, an incredible passion for the game. Um, in that 32-point game that I mentioned, he rolled an ankle dunking the ball, which it, it is silly to just say. He was out for four or five minutes in that game, and they kind of lost the lead, and he, and he came back with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter, limping and everything to try to help his team win that game. He wants to win, and so that mindset, uh, I think, really, really works with the Gonzaga culture, and I think he's going to fit in with that Gonzaga family really, really well. Of course, there's negatives to his game. There's negatives to everybody's game. He certainly has... A lot of rawness still to his game. He's a little loose with his ball handling. And defensively, I think he relies a lot on his athleticism, especially on the perimeter, uh, which works when facing inferior high school players, but I think could be an adjustment once he gets to Gonzaga. Uh, I plan to write some kind of article on Caden Perry over the next couple weeks or so for my website uh, with video clips kind of showcasing his game, what he's good at. What he can improve on, those kinds of things. So for those who subscribe to my site, feel free to keep an eye out for that in the coming weeks. For those that want to subscribe, the link to my website is on the top of my Twitter profile. Now, as a kind of an overarching thing, I'm not sure if Caden Perry has a defined role this coming season when he's a freshman. A lot of it may depend on if Gonzaga gets another big man in the transfer portal to back up Drew Timmy. But I think he's ready to contribute right away if that's uh, what they need from him. I easily have him ahead of Ben Gregg on my personal depth chart. Uh, but the exciting thing for me is that uh, both of those two are going to play together in a couple years. 
and I think they complement each other really, really well. Gonzaga is at the point recruiting wise, kind of where they're they're recruiting one and dones, right? You see that with Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren, but they're also getting a lot of two and throughs, is what I call it, two and throughs. Uh, but they're also at the spot where they still have those three and four year guys, right? Joel Yai, Corey Kispert, Dominic Harris is going to be a three or four year guy. Same with Julian Strother. And Ben Gregg is going to be a four-year player, I think. And Caden Perry is going to be either probably a three-year player, very possibly two if he explodes uh, big time as a sophomore. But there's still enough three- and four-year guys in this program where you can handle you know, one or two one-and-dones, which is kind of where they're at. But like I was saying, the two of them together, Ben Gregg and and Caden Perry, they complement each other really, really well offensively. When they're sophomores together and they're juniors together, once kind of Drew Timmy leaves and Chet Holmgren leaves, and these two are going to take over the front court, you've got Greg as a stretch big, and then you've got Caden Perry's bounce and his efficiency underneath, and it's going to really put defenses in a tough spot. Uh, If you want to kind of talk about Killian Tilly, he was injured for most of that 2019 season, but I think everybody wanted to see what Killian Tilly and Brandon Clark look like together. I think we could see some kind of version of that with Ben Gregg and Caden Perry over the coming seasons. Like I said earlier, um, Perry still has some rawness to his game. Ben Gregg has a lot to work on as well. But um, the two of them, uh, with a year of development going into their sophomore seasons, I think are are really ready to uh, explode. Um, And Caden Perry specifically, his skill set around the rim – and his athleticism kind of give him a nice head start on a lot of things. So like I said, give him one year of development in this program, um, get him working with you know Travis Knight, the strength and conditioning coach, and I really do think this kid is going to absolutely explode in the 22-23 season. I'm really looking forward uh, to what he does in a Gonzaga uniform. All right, enough of that. Coming up, we are going to talk about all things Zags in the NBA we're going to update you on how all of them are playing and if any of them will be in the playoffs this season, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Then we're going to finish the show with some player reviews for Michaela Williams and Anna Verjogi. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, let's talk about some zags in the NBA. We'll start with Rui Hachimura because he is the one that went viral last night for his huge dunk over Anthony Davis. Rui is basically the exact same stat line as his first year of the NBA. Like, it is really eerie how similar it is. Coming into Wednesday night's game against the Lakers, 
Uh, he had played 48 games. That's the same number of games as he played his first year in the uh, 1920 season. So both seasons, 48 games. This year he's averaging 31 minutes, and last year he averaged 30 minutes. 13.5 points last year, 13.5 points this year. He, he, he scored two more total points last season in 48 games than he has this season in 48 games. His field goal percentage last year, 46.6%. His field goal percentage this year, 47%. His rebounds per game last year, 6.1 rebounds. His rebounds per game this year, 5.7. Like everything is basically the exact same, despite having really a different roster. Uh, Russell Westbrook is their point guard now, along with Bradley Beal. And Rui Hachimura is kind of that, that third piece for them. And they've been playing really, really well lately. They beat the Lakers at home on Wednesday night. And they're 9-1 in their last 10 games. And they put themselves in a spot to play in the NBA play-in series games, um, which determine who makes the actual playoffs. So if I remember correctly, the 7 versus 8 play each other and the winner makes the playoffs. And then the 9 versus 10 in each conference play each other. The loser is out, and then the winner plays the loser of the 7-8 game. Does that make sense? Not really, but the NBA is doing it anyway. Um, And Washington currently is in the number 10 spot in the Eastern Conference. So they would play the 9 seed right now, which is the Indiana Pacers, which is what DeMontis Sabonis plays. So let's talk about DeMontis Sabonis. He made a second straight All-Star appearance. He's played in 53 games this year. He's been... Uh, dealing with a back injury lately, so he's missed a few games, but he's averaged a career high in minutes with just uh, just under 36 minutes per game. He's averaged a career high in points, just shy of 20 points a game, uh, 11 and a half rebounds, and a career high six assists. 20 points, 11 and a half rebounds, six assists. In his 53 games, he's got 40 double doubles and he's got six triple doubles. And every time I watch the bonus, I feel like. I look up and I'm, I, I, I swear Sabonis is close to like 27, 28 years old. DeMontis Sabonis is 24 years old. Like he is still developing, still entering the prime of his, his career. And he's arguably uh, a top three Gonzaga player to ever play in the NBA already. Uh, he's going to be, uh, you know, he's already made two All-Star games, but he's, continued, he's going to continue to make more and more All-Star games. He's becoming a walking triple-double uh, and it's been really, really cool to watch him develop his game from the time he was in Oklahoma City when they basically tried to make him a three-point shooter, which is really not what he is, to becoming a pick-and-roll and, and low-post man, which is what he is. And Indiana has made him uh, thrive in a system that plays to his strength. So super cool about DeMontis Sabonis' development. Like I said, they're in ninth in the Eastern Conference right now, a game and a half ahead of Washington for that 10th spot. So they, if the playoffs ended today, they would play Washington in a one-game playoff. The winner of that would move on to play the loser of the 7-8 game, and the winner of that would make the actual NBA playoffs. Don't ask me why the NBA is doing this uh, this play-in thing. I think it's really dumb. I know a lot of the players and the owners now think it's really dumb, but they've committed to it, and it's happening. Somebody who will not be in the playoffs is Kelly Olynyk. However, he is having a career season. He got traded from Miami to Houston at the trade deadline, and since Houston's roster is completely depleted, uh, Kelly Olynyk has basically been the star for them in the 18 games he's been there. He's averaged 18.5 points, 
eight rebounds and three assists, and he's shooting a remarkably efficient 59% from the field. All of those numbers would be career highs. Uh, but if you stretch out his season to both his time in Miami and his time in Houston, he's averaging a career high 12 and a half points this season and a career best six and a half rebounds a game. His 49% field goal shooting is the best he's shot. Uh, it's the second best he's shot in his career and the best that he's shot since the 2016-17 season when he was still in Boston. And now we get to the Memphis Bulldogs, which is what we call uh, the two Zags that are playing for the Grizzlies. Brandon Clark has had a, a really interesting season. He's played two and a half more minutes uh, per contest this year than he did last year, but all of his numbers are down. Uh, he averaged 12 points last year. He's only averaging 10 and a half this year. His rebounding numbers are down by about a half, uh, and his field goal percentage is the, 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 the most striking he was shooting 62% last year. He's shooting only 52% this season. His three-point percentage has taken a huge dip. And if you saw at the start of the season, there were some kind of semi-viral videos going around of Brandon Clark shooting threes. And his form had just been completely altered from last season to this season. So I'm not sure what happened there, but his shooting numbers are certainly down from last season, which is unfortunate. But Memphis still trusts him. Uh, he has started 16 games this year. He's been in and out of the starting lineup. For the most part, he's been their sixth man when he's been healthy. He's missed a few games to injury as well. Um, but he is certainly a rotation piece for them. He's still a double-figure scorer. He's going to be a good player in this league for many, many years. He still averages uh, you know, two steals slash blocks a game. He's a really, really good defensive player still. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make mistakes. He's still that energizer player. It's just his his field goal percentage has dipped from his first season to his second season. The Grizzlies are tied for eighth in the Western Conference right now with the San Antonio Spurs. But they're a, both of those teams are a half game up on the Golden State Warriors. All three of those teams are firmly ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans, so all of them are probably going to play in that uh, NBA play-in system to get to the NBA playoffs. So you're going to see uh, Brandon Clark and you're going to see Killian Tilly, who I'm going to talk about right now, uh, play in those playing games. Killian Tilly finally made his NBA debut uh, about midway through the season. He's played in 14 games. Most of the time he plays when Brandon Clark is out. Um, he's played in 14 games this year. He's averaged eight and a half minutes. He has scored 36 points in those 14 games. He's only six for 26 from deep, which is good for 23%. Um, he's got a few, re a couple rebounds per game. Uh, and to be quite honest, I haven't watched a ton of him outside of his first game. Uh, when he came in, he had a three, uh, had a couple fouls. But I was just excited to see Killian Tilly healthy and playing in the NBA, which is something he absolutely deserves going through all the injuries throughout his career. I think he can be a really good rotation player if he can get his uh, three-point percentage back to where it's been throughout his college career, which I expect he can. But at the very least, it's really cool seeing Brandon Clark and Killian Tilly on the same team again. And then the last player here in the NBA is Zach Collins. Zach Collins uh, missed most of all, pretty much all of last season. He only played 11 games last year because he had a torn labrum. And this year, he's missed the entire season because of a stress fracture uh, in his ankle. And so uh, it's unfortunate that his career has kind of been derailed by injuries. He's only played 11 total games over the last two seasons. I don't think he's going to be back with the Blazers. And I just hope he can find 
a spot um, that will take him and he can get fully healthy and continue his his NBA career. He's only 23 years old. He's still got a full career ahead of him. There's a chance he's supposed to come back for the NBA playoffs. The Blazers are in that number seven spot, a half a game behind Dallas for the sixth spot. If you're in that sixth spot, you don't have to play in the uh, play-in games. If you're in the seventh spot, you got to at least play one play-in game. And if you lose, you have to play a second one. So we'll see if Collins can come back for the NBA playoffs and if he's able to, how much of a role he'll actually have. But I just hope he can stay healthy and kind of avoid any more major injuries. And then the last thing I'll mention here is not quite the NBA, but he's going to be in the NBA next season, and that's Philip Petrushev. He was named the MVP of the ABA League regular season. He averaged 23.5 points. Petrushev has been mocked late first round, early second round. So it's very possible we see four Gonzaga players drafted, not just in the NBA this season, but we could very easily see four Gonzaga players drafted in the first round of the NBA draft coming up here in a couple of months. Okay, coming up, we're going to finish the show with some player reviews for a couple of women's players in Michaela Williams and Anna Verjogi, both of whom may have expanded roles next season. But before we get to that, the NFL draft is tonight. I have no idea who the 49ers are going to take at number three. I hope it's Trey Lance and not Mac Jones, but we'll see what happens here tonight. If you want to bet on any of that NFL draft, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, let's finish the show today with a couple quick player reviews. Let's start with Michaela Williams. She entered this season as a top 100 recruit out of the Los Angeles area. She's a 6'1 guard. She was supposed to be, I thought, a rotation backup guard slash wing hybrid this year, but it never really turned out that way. As a senior in high school, she averaged 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. She was also an incredible track uh, runner as well. And I thought that she was going to be the best freshman um, overall in this class. It turned out that that was definitely Yvonne Ejim. Michaela Williams didn't contribute as much as I thought. Um, She only hit one shot all season long, and that was a a buzzer-beating three at the end of the first half against Pepperdine. She only averaged four minutes a game, only played in 20 games. Like I said, she only hit that one shot. She had four free throws. She was one for 12 from the field. And so it was a disappointing freshman season. I know a lot of different freshmen don't have the seasons that they want um, under Lisa Fortier. And so there's a chance that she sticks around and plays her freshman year again and kind of took that first year as a redshirt year. It would be great if she could be a kind of a backup point guard because Kay Lindtrong, who played backup point guard duties this year, is much better off the ball. And their other backup point guard, Lily Scanlon, 
has left to go back to Australia. So they need a true backup point guard. And Michaela Williams, I thought coming into this year, could have that kind of a role. So maybe next season as a sophomore, she can step up and kind of be in that backup point guard spot. But we'll see what happens with Michaela Williams. She's too talented of a player to not break out at some point in time. So hopefully that's next season. And then another really interesting player coming in next year is going to be Anna Verjogi. This is going to be her fourth season in the program. She was a redshirt junior this year. She played one year at Northwest Christian, which is an NAIA school, and she averaged 15 and a half points and six and a half rebounds over there. She's the biggest player on the team at six foot five. She had a pretty similar role this year as she did the prior year as a redshirt sophomore. As a redshirt junior this year, she averaged eight and a half minutes a game as opposed to the uh, seven minutes a game the year prior. She was second on the team in blocks, and that's really what she's used for more than anything else is her size. I mean, she's six foot five. She blocked 16 shots this year, which was second most on the team, like I said, but she looked a lot more comfortable on the court. You could tell her first season on the court last year, she wasn't super, super comfortable in the system. This year, she looked a lot better. She looked a lot more fluid. She looked a lot more confident. And I think that could lead to double digit minutes uh, next season. The worths are gone. And so what you're left with in the front court is a senior in Melody Kempton, who's really solid. But then you're going to have a, 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 a Yvonne Ejim, who was a freshman this year, and then some unproven players like Eliza Hollingsworth, who was also a freshman this year but didn't play a whole lot. Um, There's just a lot of unproven front court players next season. So Anna Verjogi, this is her fourth year in the program. I mean, this is her time to kind of jump into a 15-minute-per-game role and average, you know, five to seven points a game, a few rebounds, and a couple blocks. Like, if she does that for Gonzaga next year, their ceiling increases just a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how Lisa Fortier utilizes the six foot five Jogi next season. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, another Gonzaga five-star Friday. I've got a story from Hunter that I'm going to read to start the show. And then we're going to finish up our player reviews for the season with Ben Gregg. And then I'll also give some words on the walk-ons for both the men's and women's side. We're also going to give a preview of Gonzaga's huge three-game baseball series against San Diego starting tomorrow night. The winner of that series will have sole possession of first place in the WCC. And they are two of the best teams all along the West Coast. Don't forget, tonight is the NFL Draft. And the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover it live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page and watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft starting tonight all the way through Saturday. Don't forget you can rate and subscribe to this podcast as well. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. I will read them tomorrow and every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show, with your story or any questions you want me to answer, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you back here Friday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.